This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of having Vandana Hart on with me. Uh, you might have seen her on Netflix, We Speak Dance. You might have seen her walking around the world and telling people about the ability to heal and bring people together through dance. So we're excited to have you on the show here and talk about how you are going to be uh, one of the enablers in creating a more peaceful, happier world. So welcome to Halo Talks. Thank you so much for having me. And you won't find me dancing around. You'll, you'll see me um, not walking, but dancing around the world. Dancing around <laughs> yeah, the world. Yeah, you said walking. There's no walking involved. There'll be no walking unless you're on a break. <laughs> exactly. So, so tell us how you started and where you're from so people uh, who are aspiring entrepreneurs could say, hey, that sounds like who I am right now and what I'm going to do. So take us back. Well, where I'm from is complicated. Uh, I was born in Moscow, Russia during the Cold War. Um, my parents actually couldn't be together. We were on a nuclear disarmament agreement, interestingly, between Gorbachev and Reagan. Oh, wow. One of the first families to be reunited during the Cold War because my father had an American passport. My mother's on a Russian. and he Welcome was Welcome back. Thank you. He's, <laughs> he was um, campaigning to free political and religious prisoners, some casual work, and um, is blacklisted from Russia oh, still. Wow. And um, so that kind of instilled this really intense fear in me to be as cool as my parents uh, <laughs> and change the world in some way. Great. So so talk us through, I, I know you've worked at the UN, you, you've done some work in, in Africa. So why don't, take us through your history and then Totally. Well, we'll first of all, like lifelong dancer, kicked out of my first ballet class at three years old as a refugee in Sweden because I was twerking. So um, <laughs> I've always wanted to innovate and upgrade um, what was offered. Okay. And that's kind of a theme. At age three. <laughs> at I mean, age that's three. a real tell. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so I came to New York as a 17-year-old, trained at Alvin Ailey, super deep into dance, but I didn't really think this art form was powerful enough to change the world because what are you going to be in a music video on Broadway? Mm -hmm. How is that going to move people? Um, and it can in, a, in, in some way, but I didn't see it as really transformative. So I started um, studying politics and um, ended up working at the UN on women's rights and safety in 30 countries. And mm -hmm. we launched in India and worked in Rwanda, Papua New Guinea, Egypt, Ecuador. And I really um, started to understand how to design programs for change involving a multiplicity of stakeholders across backgrounds to come together and care about something bigger than themselves. So. Um, how, how did that work, though? Did you actually come to the UN and say, okay, tell me what to do? And then you said, okay, look, I've got a better solution here, a better like activity than what you're proposing. How did that work? Well, when I tried to do that, then I had to quit. <laughs> um, so I came in and this program already existed and it was... Um, it was run by this woman who's an advisor to George Soros for mm -hmm. a long time. And she was really innovative and she designed this global framework and I ran it with her. So we actually had the privilege of operating it like a startup because we had top level connections within the UN and got greenlit to just do really cool, innovative things. And sure. um, yeah, so it's the only impact evaluated program on women's rights and safety in cities. And, you know, we redesigned marketplaces in Papua New Guinea to working on transport in India and training transport workers and changing policies. So I really got this incredible view into the world on um, how, how you can enter different cities and create change and you need everyone involved. Mm -hmm. So um, that took me to Kenya and I started doing the same work um, across Africa and in um, Latin America as well. And in Kenya, I started to reconnect with dance and um, I was in a music video that went viral. 
In Kenya. In Kenya. And I was terrified that my UN colleagues would be like, oh my God, did you see Vaughn didn't drop it like it's hot in this music video? But um, they did find out and I had to deal with this kind of merging of identities and superpowers of being a dancer, an activist, and someone who designs programs for change. Mm. And um, Anthony Bourdain was really... Were you wearing like a UN shirt in the, in the video <laughs> or something? Thank God, no. Okay, <laughs> no okay. blue helmet in this video. Okay, so you weren't like representing the UN as a dancer in the music video. No, no, okay, no. that's good. All right, keep going. Get <laughs> plausible deniability. No, that'd be so funny. But um, <laughs> but Anthony Bourdain was kind of blowing up at this time, and I happened to become a judge on "So You Think You Can Dance" in Kenya after the music video, <laughs> and I I saw the whole country dance, and what it made me realize was no one is doing storytelling around the power of dance to celebrate, to unite people, to transform lives, rites of passage. Um, and Pharrell's happy videos were going viral in the Congo to Japan. And I saw that this was something that people really wanted to connect with in a universal language that we haven't really utilized yet mm -hmm. in our storytelling and beyond. So um, I created kind of this Anthony Bourdain of dance format and started filming it all over the world, self-financed it, and I own the IP. Um, and it went on Netflix worldwide yep. um, last year. And I'm super proud of it because I don't think anyone would have invested in dance this way as really talking about it as culture in a way um, to talk about politics, people, history, how countries are moving like through this symbolic and literal language of dance. Mm -hmm. So when, when you started to do this, were you still working for the UN or did you kind of do this as your own offshoot? I was still working for the UN and consulting with nonprofits and startups um, kind of all over the place from agribusiness to governance in Somalia. I just get bored easily and always want to be solving bigger problems and doing something about like using dance um, as a way to connect people and unite the world is like, the most specific thing that I've ever done. And I mm -hmm. felt that was what my purpose is. This is what I'm meant to be doing and where my best strengths come together. So and um, we filmed in Nigeria, Lebanon, France, Indonesia, Vietnam, and we featured, you know, a pole dancer in Vietnam who uses pole dancing for women's rights. We featured a male belly dancer in Lebanon who uses dance as protest and, you know, dancing in the streets is like, you know, he's risking his life, just his existence um, in the, the Middle East. And now Lebanon is a revolution and he's in the front lines dancing. Mm -hmm. And so it was just really beautiful to find these leaders and change makers using this as their language all over the world and the musicians as well. And um, Nigeria featured Femi Kuti, whose dad invented Afrobeat music. And he's like, there is a day for dance every day in Africa. And I think we're really losing that here. Do you have a day for dance every day? I do not. <laughs> I do not. I like to dance, though, and yeah. I, I'm actually not, not bad. I mean, <laughs> I grew up on like a little bit of like the... Uh, the, the R&B beats and a little bit of rap music. So I feel like I've got some good, I've, you know, Millie Vanilli before they, be, you know, got outed okay. was like a big part of my life. I you got say. a Cabbage Patch move over there? I got a couple. We'll you know, work. Well, okay, we'll, I'll check got, them out I later. I do some shimmies. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but what's interesting is like, it's so, what, what you're doing is, it's so, it's such a basic, like, uh, part of someone's life growing up. And then you kind of like hit a part where like, you don't dance anymore. Like my, my, my niece, who's six, like, she definitely dances every day, whether it's, like, required or whether it's, like, this is what she does. Like, she yeah. wakes up, she starts moving, and she's at some point dancing and has some kind of 
you know, Aladdin related, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, tutu on or what or dress. Everybody dress. wants to dance and we just suppress it or forget how or become embarrassed. And especially, mm. you know, in America, like these dance competition shows are an invitation. But I think we need more content and more ways to get people to connect and dance. It's not a competition. It's just moving and learning about other people's cultures. And, right. Um, there's something in the mornings here. I have never gone, but there's like a... Daybreaker. Daybreaker, Yes, right? my friends run that. They are incredible. It's such a great party. Ecstatic Dance, Daybreaker. There's now these movements where people are just going out to dance and they come in their tie and mm-hmm. they break it down before work. So what, what what are some of the things? Obviously, you're you're an entrepreneur. You're You're... You've seen the world, so you've got a good lens on, like, you know, reality, I would say, right? Uh, at the same time, you know, here's what I can change, and here's maybe certain things that you can't necessarily change. Maybe there's only a few things that you can't. But how do you view it when you go in and you say, like, look, dance is kind of, like, foundational. And somebody's like, well, we've got bigger problems to solve. But, like, but you know that you're, that's kind of like the, it kind of gets things started. Like if I get people to dance, oh, I can get them to smile. If I get them to smile, I can get them to talk. If I get them to talk, I can get them to agree. You know, what's so funny is um, what would take, you know, years to build trust with traditional program design with the UN, with a community, with, the, with dance, starting with dancing, with program design, that trust would be achieved in, min- in minutes. Mm-hmm. That's the power of dance is that it doesn't matter if you're not speaking the same language, if you're working on a really sensitive issue of violence against women, to poverty, to refugee rights, when you start with dance, people are real. They're they're not victims anymore. Their their full potential is reached. They're full human beings. And sometimes in the humanitarian space, that isn't really happening. It's more mm. paternalistic. So it's funny. I organized this group. I call it like a traveling circus of like musicians and dancers and yoga people to um, the Tijuana border. Mm. Thousands of people walked 40,000 miles from El Salvador, Honduras, um, to try to cross the border. And they were stuck in this camp with nothing, no food. Mm-hmm. And and I organized a group. And a lot of the artists are like, what is my dance or music going to make a difference? They don't want me there. And I was like, no. Like hope, having hope, having celebration when you've just walked 40,000 miles to find freedom, be with your family, find economic opportunity, escape you know, persecution, mm-hmm. potentially death, um, and then arrive and not be welcome and not have any services. Imagine what that would feel like. So we created a thousand person dance party for hours playing their local music from Honduras. And mm-hmm. the people working in the camp said they've never seen that much joy. And like, mm-hmm. we need more of this. So I yeah, think it's people, hard to be dance and be upset yeah. at the same time. They kind of don't go together. <laughs> they don't go together. They're just like, it's, it's natural that you yeah. have to be happy if you're going to dance. If not, don't dance. <laughs> right. So, so when you take a look and you say, okay, you know, dance, you, you've had success on that. How do you turn that into like the equivalent of like a fitness routine or how do you take it and say, okay, you know, I'm not just bringing a thousand, I'm not just bringing these musicians down here. We're going to do this once and then we're going to leave and then it's up to you. You know, how, how do you kind of get this to scale? Even though people can dance on their own, I'm just thinking out loud right now because it's a podcast and we're just first time I have a conversation. <laughs> but like, how do you say, okay, look, I want this to be like a three times a week. I want you to dance. I want you to dance for now. Here's the discipline. Yes. Here's the methodology. Yeah. You know, you're, 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 you're kind of saying, okay, look, this is like a movement and a mission, but it's also like, here's like the, the actual, like the exactly. program. Exactly. How do we get people involved and engaged? People want to, so what's so cool is like my friend at NBC studios watched the show and he's like, he's in his fifties from France and he's like, Vandana, 
You know, it was so cool watching all those people dance, but after learning those moves in Nigeria, I want to do those moves. Mm. And I'm like, well, that's exactly what I'm working on next. <laughs> Good news for you. So I think this idea of being able to travel the world and dance with any culture, mm -hmm. imagine going to the favelas of Brazil and experiencing their dance and seeing their, hearing their story and understanding what the movements mean behind the dance. It mm. is a hidden language. In Bollywood, all those moves have a meaning and some of them are quite, you know, exciting and sexy and provocative and not what you'd expect. And a lot of them are hilarious. So what a beautiful way to travel the world, connect with people. So I think after each episode of my show, it could be mm -hmm. in Japan, it could be in Russia, Brazil, Zimbabwe, you get to meet those stars and the local dancers afterwards mm -hmm. and on an online platform and learn their moves, not in a stuffy dance studio where dance culture happens in the streets, in their communities, mm -hmm. showing their dance moves. And dancers have this ability to talk and dance at the same time. So you're going to get a little bit of education and understanding of what those moves mean. And you're unlocking this treasure of this beautiful place. And, and by subscribing to the platform, the We Speak Dance Method, you're supporting those dancers locally. Think Spotify of dance. Musicians mm -hmm. as an industry are, have their IP, um, record labels. There's a whole business system. Dance does not have this. The art is not valued. So part of it, as I'm solving the ecosystem of dance not being valued as an art form mm -hmm. and dancers not having any IP. So having these 10-minute, half-hour, one-hour experiences where you get to learn dance moves from around the world also benefits the local dancers. And that's even a more profound story when they're coming from a place where inequality is clear, where maybe they're refugees, like in Lebanon. After the Lebanon episode, um, the best hip-hop dancer in Lebanon now goes there and teaches every week. And there was no dance, no music in the Syrian refugee camp before that. Mm. So now imagine you get to go online and watch those kids dance, learn the choreography with them and about their lives and what they're going through. So I think yeah, this is going to be a platform that you get to travel the world, learn dance moves, learn what they mean, but also feel good about sharing um, stories in exchange. And there could be dance competitions and crazes. Like we could have a musician release a dance craze on this platform and you can engage and show your, your favorite dance move um, and get involved as well as meet all these incredible dancers. Uh, so what, what, what phase are you in the the development of this platform very early stage so yeah you've heard it first here on Hilo Talks. <laughs> very early stage yeah. <laughs> seed discussions on this this is seed discussions and it's like as i grow the show and film more episodes um the distribution as i can distribute worldwide to tv networks as well as digital platforms mm -hmm. so the audience is building every day from my season one so now i'm looking to shoot more episodes as well as after each episode now also film these dance class experiences in each country. Um, and it'll be very stylized, branded um, in a beautiful way, in a similar style that the show is shot. Then mm -hmm. this method, you get to completely immerse. Gotcha. So what what do you need? Do you, do you have partners in this yet? Or is this, uh, you know, who, what, what's the next phase? Well, that's a great and how question. how can we be helpful? Yeah, Thank I'm, you. I'm I've really... been doing this for a couple of weeks, so <laughs> got a question there. Well, yeah, now I'm in the phase of looking for the right partners for the people that want to invest in this, that, that see the power of the arts for change, but also see this as a franchise model that we can really create a movement where people learn the We Speak Dance method and are teaching it all over the world live as well as experiencing it 
um, online from their homes or organizing their friends to have a We Speak Dance party to learn these moves. So I'm really looking for people who are kind of just fans of what I'm doing, who care about social change, who care about health and wellness and fitness, who care about movement and mm -hmm. connecting and uniting people around the world. And um, see the potential of this as a cultural unifying platform to get people's booties shaking. <laughs> so when you think about this as a, you know, obviously what you're doing is is a changing the world. At the same time, there's a, there's a business model behind it. Sounds like the easiest path would be through what you're talking about is distribution and sponsorships and the and the video content exactly. and the and the music side. So like, do you want a investor like in a traditional sense do you want maybe a foundation or like an endowment fund or i think it's a combination investor i think it's a combination fund? of things i think there's pieces of this that could fit with traditional investors um the clothing line the franchise the um the global distribution of the content is more straightforward but i mm. think too like you know now you can't really build brands without thinking about purpose so I think that that's starting to become, this triple bottom line is becoming mainstream and normalized. So I think more people are leading with heart as well as making money. And I think mm -hmm. those are the kinds of individuals as well as institutions that I want to work with. If you, um, I was talking to somebody the other day about some new fitness concepts and we stumbled upon, uh, we were passing by a dance studio. And I'm like, that dance studio has been there because it was near where I grew up. It's been there for 45 years. Like that, that place never closes. Yet everything else around it's like turned over like seven or eight times. So is it is there a part of this business that could be kind of piping in on a uh, on a big screen projection to all the dance studios around the country, like the equivalent of you know, video workouts or video dance classes oh, from like definitely. around the world. Oh, definitely. Like a Peloton kind of thing has made the case for this, the quality of the masterclass. But I think, um, yeah, I like but I think also Zumba, like people with Zumba, there's 15 million people doing Zumba every day in 180 countries. There's a demand. Um, but also like no one owns the dance space. There's Capizio, there's Dance Skin, but no one's done it cool. Capizio, like, like the shoe company? Yeah, like it's a dance, like these brands. I think brands I had a pair of Capizios back in the day. Oh, you did? Yeah, the, not, but not anymore. No. <laughs> but it's just- um, the EG socks. <laughs> no one's doing it. dance and like urban and culture and global in a cool way that's authentic to the culture. And that's right. what people are hungry for. So there's a lot of um, market research that we can show like that dance worldwide is growing by, growing by 3.5%. and um, um, and there's a lot of people who want to dance, but I think the, there isn't enough being offered to fulfill mm -hmm. that need and um, in that space of connecting. And this also connects with travel and music. These are people who want to be global citizens and essentially be up to date and like culturally aware of what's happening in the world. There's, a, um, there, there's an apparel store down in uh, the Meatpacking District where every, I think it's every month, they, they change everything. So they change the wallpaper they change the furniture so every month there's something new when you go in there so i wonder if you know this this idea of like having like each month you have a new dance from a different part of the world it's kind of like your dance studio kind of morphs into i don't know i had this idea of like something called the flight and every every month you go to like the studio and it's like okay african dance and then it's you know different uh every country like has their own you can fill up a lot of content Totally. That. But you can do that in dance studios, I guess, too. Totally. I think this will be like content first, a content online business first. Yeah. But I think with demand, I think the spaces like We Speak Dance Studios are not off the table. That I think people love being in a physical space and getting people off their phones and moving mm -hmm. together 
in um, this unique method of where you get to do 100 dance languages in one hour. So based on which videos around the world do the best, I'm mm -hmm. going to collect those moves to make the global We Speak Dance method where you get to travel everywhere and be your best self. Gotcha. Awesome. <laughs> I want you to be one of the ambassadors, the first ambassadors, of course. Oh, well, yeah. Just tell me which dance moves you want me to work on. <laughs> Give me like a full month okay. to perfect it. And then, yeah, we'll have a party and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll MC that. Perfect. Awesome. Um, so what else should we know about, you know, where, where you want to take this? Is it going to be based in New York? Are you based in L.A.? Where, where would you like to be? Obviously, you're a global citizen and a global traveler. Definitely. I'm kind of all over, like L.A., New York. I split my time between those places, but I'm also out in the world filming in different countries every other month. So, yeah, this is definitely a global uh, brand. Awesome. Well, we look forward to being a part of it. And uh, thanks for coming on. We will check in with you. Send me the moves that I should do. <laughs> and if you want to, uh, if someone wants to reach you, how do they, how's the best way to get in touch with you? It seems like you have your name as your web address. Yes. Um, my The best way, like for socials, is Vandana Hart. It looks like bandana with a V and then H A R T. And then um, my email is vandanasnyder at gmail.com. But um, yeah, social media is wonderful. Awesome. Well, congrats on what you're doing. Uh, I think the, people that you touch know uh, how important this is to them and um, let's make it big. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Great to see you. <laughs>